Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Hi, my name is Mallory Harkins. And I'm McLean Harkins. And our scripture reading today is from John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which were not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Believe it or not, we have come to the end of our 40-day experience in the Gospel of John. I'm so grateful that we had this experience together because I know through it that that our church has used this time to encourage one another, to study scripture together, to bring to one another our doubts and our questions. And in the midst of it all, I know that Jesus has showed up. So today I want to, as we are finishing out this series, I want to do something a little bit different. I wanted to pause and look back over not only these 40 days and this, this gospel, but also to look at what what perhaps God has done in our community and in our midst. You know, since we're quarantined and we're separate from one another, it's even more challenging to see what God has been up to. So today we're going to hear uh, stories from people about how they have experienced Jesus through this study. And then I'm going to end with uh, an invitation. But as I look over the Gospel of John, I was struck by something recently, noticing a phrase that came up. It's actually the second thing that Jesus said when uh, uh, he saw that some people started to follow him. Jesus gave him this beautiful invitation, a three-worded invitation, which is come and see. Come and see. And by that simple invitation, a new world was opened up. So today I want to invite us to come and see what Jesus has done in the lives of people in our church. Hey guys, I'm Payne Thillen, and this is my good friend Maddie and roommate. I'm here for moral support. Thank you, Payne. <laughs> but um, she is going to share her journey through the book of John that we have been studying with our Bible study group. Like Peyton said, I'm Maddie. We are random roommates at the University of Arkansas, which worked out really well for both of us, luckily. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, before she starts, I just wanted to share a little bit on how the Bible study has really impacted me. And a lot of the times I feel like college just put things, we put things on the back burner a lot of times. And I feel like I put this personally on the back burner. And weirdly enough, quarantine has been um, an opportunity to dive back into and really dissect the word. And this has also been really cool to experience this with my mom and I to be able to work through and study the book of John together. Yeah, It's been really cool. I think quarantine has even though it's horrible and all these things are happening in the world, but it's given us this time to really dive in and let this be a big part of our world again. But before I start, I just want to say 
Huge thank you to the Thulin family for completely reintroducing this back into my life. Um, I grew up probably different than a lot of the people watching this did and a lot of people in the Bible study. Um, I grew up in and out of the church, so I've always considered myself to be religious, but I honestly never really understood what that meant until this Bible study, which I think is so, so cool. And I, that never would have happened without the Thulin family and the Vine Church. So thank you guys so much. But like I said, I grew up in and out of the church. I've always been a heady, logical person. So I, I definitely struggle with the faith aspect of yeah. things like this. And having this Bible study to provide a welcoming and non-judgmental outlet to ask all of the questions in the world... <laughs> I ask a lot of questions, um, has seriously been so helpful for me because I've, I feel like I've, I'm looking at the Bible in a way that I've never looked at it in my life before. I feel like in the past I would look at the Bible for knowledge and to see, oh, this is what happened. But I feel like this Bible study has completely taught me how to look at the the Bible and apply it to my everyday life and apply it to how I'm living my life and to understand how mm-hmm. Jesus wants us to live. And it's been really helpful in that area because I've truly never understood how to read the Bible until yeah. now. Um, but yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I mean, like, even growing up in such a, like... A religious household like through my whole life you know religion has been such a big part of my life and like her story is so comforting to me you know because you didn't start I mean you were in a religious place but like it's just like you're such a heady person in a way and, like it's very comforting to me and like this bible study is something we both needed in college and like it came at a time for both of us in our lives this bible study that yeah it's something that I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like it's something we both didn't necessarily know that we were missing at the yeah. time, but it's the exact right thing that we needed. I and it you. has, I feel like both of us, <laughs> like knowing you, it's been, it's, it's been six weeks now of the it's, last one is this Wednesday. And I can see the tangible differences in myself from the beginning of this Bible study until now. And, like, that is so amazing to me. And I can see it in you, too. Mm-hmm. I've never been so at peace in my entire life. I'm a very stressed out, <laughs> worried about the future type of person. Me too. And I have experienced so much clarity from this, which I truly, truly have never experienced before. It has been such a welcoming environment for me. And I really hope that we can do another one. Yes. And I don't know. It's just been it's been really awesome. Yes. I just, yeah, I want to say thank you so much to the Vine Church for providing me with this opportunity and helping all of us become Mm -hmm. closer and learn how to follow Christ in a way that he wants us to. It's been a real blessing, and thank you so much. We both needed this, and to kind of close this, we um, both chose a verse that spoke to both of us, and Jesus kind of says that, very truly I tell you, I'm the gate for the sheep, and Jesus functions as this gate that provides us the security that we both, like, everyone needs. Everyone craves and everyone needs this sense of safety and security, especially in college, young 20s. We have no idea what's going to happen. It can be easy to, like, Mm -hmm. you know, 
lose sight of the mm-hmm. security and mm-hmm. safety that we need. And so this verse is a comforting reminder, you know, mm-hmm. that we need that safe feeling and this this is what, you know, we need and that helps us. Yeah. So thank you so much to the Vine Church, yes. the Thulin family. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> Hi, my name is Troy Ellie. My wife is Michelle Ellie. We have two children, Hayden and Leah. Hayden is 11 and Leah is eight. We've been coming to the Vine since the very beginning. A few things that we love about the Vine are the community, the small groups, and the way the gospel is shared. Most recently, we were encouraged to participate in the 40 days in the Gospel of John. When I was asked to present my experience with this, I wasn't overly excited. I'll be the first to tell you, public speaking is not my strong suit. But Ted made a convincing argument, and so I agreed. Plus, I realized this public speaking was going to be done in my backyard, really in front of nobody. As a family, we decided to read at the table after dinner. We took turns, and each of us had a chance to read. Leah especially was excited to read every night. We, re- we were reading from the message, so it was a little easier for all of us to follow. After reading, we had a short discussion. It was almost like we had our, little small, our own little small group, and we discussed the parts and pieces that stood out to us. For example, when we read chapter 2, which was my favorite, and also my son Hayden's favorite. Hayden liked the story because he thought it was cool that Jesus basically snapped his fingers and turned water into wine. It stood out to me because this was Jesus' first public miracle, and he was so humble about it. The other thing that stood out to me is the interaction between Jesus and his mom. They were running out of wine at the wedding, and Mary basically tells Jesus to just handle it. Jesus says this is not his time and wanted his mom to drop it. Essentially, Mary ignores him and tells the servants to do whatever Jesus says. Shortly after, Jesus performs his first public miracle and turns the water into wine. Moral of the story, always listen to your mother, even if you're Jesus. To be honest, I can't remember the last time I actually read scripture other than following along during church. So this was a little new to me, and it was nice that we were able to do it as a family. Having a structured, set-aside time to read scripture definitely helped keep us on task. Even to the point when Michelle and I forgot, or really didn't feel like doing it, one of the kids would say, are we going to read John tonight? And so we did. I can't tell you that we did it every single night, but we tried to keep on schedule and, and do the best we could. Discussing it as a family, in our individual vine groups, and listening during service on Sundays, we heard the message several times from different perspectives. Hayden is also in the 456 group where they watched a video each week and then they did an activity. All of this created a very meaningful experience for all of us and we were glad that we decided to participate. Hi, Vine community. Um, My name is Fabienne. People call me Fabs because Fabienne is just so hard. And if you feel like you've never seen me before, it's probably because you've never seen me before because I have never been to your church. Um, uh, Some friends had invited me actually right before all of this began and then it hit. And so that kind of got shut down and I started watching um, the services virtually. And then when the John groups groups came up, a friend invited me to, to join their John group. And so I did. And it's been just a really, 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 um, really sweet experience, I think, um, 
First up, I, I think it's just been a really neat way to connect with people. I got sick the second week into the quarantine with a respiratory virus, presumed COVID-19. And oh boy, it has been a wild ride. And I was sure that I would be all wrapped up with that, you know, by the time the John group started. But turns out, no, this, this thing can really linger. So I think on a very basic level, it's been so nice to know I live alone. And it's been so nice to know that Monday nights, I'm going to see human beings, even if it's virtually, and they're gonna know I'm alive. And they're gonna ask about, you know, how my doctor's appointments have been, how I'm feeling, and they all are so faithful and sweet to pray for me and follow up on things. And I think that's just been really nice in a season that is very disconnecting. I think it's felt really nice to have that touch point and have that connection. Um, yeah, and I think the second reason it's been really sweet is just, it's been a hot minute since I've um, been able to connect with believers and just sit around and talk about the scripture. And especially like we're all reading the same thing and it's so neat to just get to hear what God is doing in other people's lives. And um, I think we got done with that very first Monday night Zoom and I texted a friend and was just like, oh man, I did not know, like I didn't realize how much I was missing that um, and how much that would minister to me. Um, and that's just been really sweet. And then I think overall, you know, when Mark asked me to do this, he asked me to kind of think through what's something God's been showing me in the book of John or an insight and so hard. I've been thinking about it since he asked because it's like there's just so many passages and there's so many sections that I think I love that God's really been pushing into me. Um, but I think what struck me today was just like overall this season, this past month, this past two months, like there really aren't words to articulate how um, tender and how healing it has felt for me. I um, you know, I've been on a journey to just find a church that I can take a next step with. And um, it's been a while. It's been a, a while since I've been able to, to take that next step. And I've felt that, like that hunger for like, man, I don't want to just go to a Sunday service. I want to, to, to be involved and to like push past my introvertedness and my weird issues and like connect with people. But um, it's just been hard. And I think when... I, I was like, okay, well, maybe I can take a leap with this church. And then the quarantine happened, Corona is everywhere, and then I'm sick. And it was just like, well, this probably isn't going to be the season for that, you know. Um, but it has been. <laughs> like, weirdly, ironically, I feel like despite this sickness, it's really been a very healing season. Um, and it feels like Jesus has been so kind and so tender. It feels like all the logistical obstacles that are normally there for me of like, well, am I gonna be able to drive there at work? have just sort of been eliminated because it's like, hey, you can just click a Zoom link. You can do it, Babs. You have nowhere else to be. Um, so that has been easy. And then it's like the, you know, all the other obstacles that come into something like this, that anxiety that comes from like, oh my gosh, I have to go into a new person's house and I have to like, be the new person or the stranger and I know, what if I don't know what to say? All of that is for me been so much easier in this season. I think because um, it 
maybe everybody's feeling the isolation and so everybody's feeling this sort of like we come together and we're present with each other and we're listening to each other and it's felt like just like a really sweet neat thing in the middle of this and I I just keep thinking about like how well Jesus knows me and how kind he's been like how kind to do this in this season and to use all that's going on to give that to me and to know me so well he knows exactly what would get in the way and he's just helped make that possible and I think as I was thinking about that I was like oh that makes sense perhaps because like that's sort of what we see Jesus do over and over again in the book of John um it's just like meet people where they are and like find them on the side of the road where they're just waiting, just hoping just healing will happen to them. Um, which I think is me in a lot of ways. Um, and he meets them as they're, you know, getting their water for the day and their daily rhythms. And he, he comes to them. It feels like he takes on the work. Um, and he does the heavy lifting for them and the things, the emotional or the psychological or the physical obstacles that would keep them from getting the thing that they want he just navigates all of that and i feel like you know even making this little video it's been so sweet because i'm like oh man he did that he's he's done that for me he's been very tender and very kind and i'm very thankful so i've loved i've loved this season i'm really excited and hopeful for what's ahead i'm excited to meet you guys at some point in real life and thanks for welcoming me virtually um and yeah yay that's the end jesus is still at work in our midst and his invitation still is for us to come and see you know that's such a gracious invitation that jesus makes us we don't expect that from god what we might expect from god is uh, go and figure it out or believe, and if you believe the right things, then you can come to me. Or go and prove how moral and serious you are, and if your scorecard's good enough, then you have access. But that's not who Jesus is. As we've seen in the Gospel of John, Jesus goes to all different kinds of people and invites them to come and to see, to know and experience him. The religious man Nicodemus at night, a woman at a well with a parched soul, Crowds and crowds of thousands of people who knew that they had physical hunger. And Jesus wanted to show them that there was a spiritual hunger. A man sitting by a pool waiting for the stirrings of hope. Another man born blind wondering if he'll ever be able to see. And even a Roman governor who wondered if there was such a thing as truth. Jesus found all of them. He found people at temples and at tombs. He found them at weddings and at wakes. And even though Jesus made this invitation, not everyone took him up on it. Some crowds uh, doubted. The Pharisees denounced. Even Jesus' disciples, they denied him and betrayed him in the end. But this did not stop Jesus. Jesus, for those who had eyes to see, got to, those people got to experience the fullness of grace and truth. They, they saw the Word who became flesh moving into that neighborhood, becoming close this invitation to come and see was surprising, but it was especially surprising when it led Jesus to a cross. And there people saw the unimaginable. The same one who declared that he was living water upon the cross said he was thirsty. The same one who declared that he was the resurrection and life 
became a corpse. The light of the world was snuffed out and the bread of heaven descended into hell. What a surprising journey that Jesus made when he said, come and see. But three days later, John, the same John that wrote this gospel, caught wind that Jesus was alive again. And he found himself sprinting to an empty tomb. And it was while they're in that tomb that John had the response to Jesus' invitation to come and see. And his response was three words. John saw and believed. John saw and believed. And it changed everything. That simple yes to come and see, that, that simple invitation to that journey changed everything for John. And I think after some years of just reflecting on his experience and his journey with Jesus, he thought, I've got to tell people what I experienced. I got to tell people what I saw. And so he wrote this gospel. And the goal of this gospel, it was very simple. It's very straightforward. He wrote it in John 20, 30 and 31. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John wants for us to see and experience what he saw and for us to hear that same invitation by Jesus to come and to see, to see what Jesus has done, to see who Jesus is, knowing that he's still alive. Because for John, when you believe, another reality is opened, another world is opened. I mean, we see this so often in his gospel. We see Jesus's words imploring us to believe in him. Listen to these verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Yet to all who did receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and whoever believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And Jesus once even prayed for you. Like he prayed for me and you and this was his prayer. My prayer is not only for them, the disciples alone, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. That's you, that's me. That all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So let's just summarize what Jesus promised those who believe in his name. A heavenly parent, promised resurrection, inexpressible unity with God, and abundant life forever. This is why that word belief is so important to, to, to the gospel of John and to Jesus is because God wants you to experience all of those things. He wants you to believe. And belief is not just some uh, you know, theoretical assumption that you are uh, you know, checking off or a religious affiliation. Belief is actually this ongoing, ever-present relationship with Jesus. It's learning to trust in him, to trust in him and his word, because you know that he is with you and for you. It's this ability to hear him say, come and see, and actually with courage, follow Jesus on this journey. Jesus wants to 
to hear our belief and then strengthen us so that we can express our faith and our trust in Jesus, not only in word, but also in deed, in acts of courage, compassion, grace, and mercy, so that this world could see us following Jesus and hear the same invitation to come and see who Jesus is.